<laughs> Hi. <laughs> What's up? It's been so long. <laughs> it's been so long. My hair has turned gray and gotten really, really, really long. That's fantastic. <laughs> What's going on? Oh, nothing. You know, it's actually the Dracula wig that Pistorius wore. I know. It's fantastic. It's so I, fantastic. Like, I just want to walk around in it. I randomly caught um, the end of Hunts- Snow White and the Huntsman uh-huh. and saw the costume. She oh, was. my gosh. Isn't yeah. that exciting? It's really awesome. I mean, it's kind of, it's absolutely incredible, to be honest. I still can't believe that we were able to get some of the stuff that we got costume-wise. I know. That show. I know. And seeing that, I was like, oh, my God, man. Never, that'll never happen again. <laughs> It'll never happen again. Well, you know, Holly's moving to town, but we'll always have her, her contacts in Hollywood. That's cool. If theater ever comes back. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I forgot about that one small, ah, one small detail. We'll figure it out. You see my Black Lodge background? I think it's so beautiful. I've got to upgrade. It I've was, got to upgrade because I want to have a Black Lodge background. You sent me the thing that Kyle McLaughlin was like, hey, here's, here's Zoom backgrounds from Twin Peaks. It's like, well, I got to do that. I mean, yeah, yeah. I've, I immediately thought of you. Uh, quite frankly, I thought that you would have been, because we both – Follow Kyle McLaughlin yeah. on Instagram. I had missed that post, so yeah. Usually, I'm like, "Oh, Michael already, Michael already liked this post," but I didn't see your name on there, so I have. Love to that he's getting you. in the. He's you know he's helping the people. Absolutely, um, absolutely. He's one celebrity that I'm okay with hearing from. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, that's fine. Whatever people are doing and coping, however they need to cope, and 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 do whatever they need to do. But there are some celebrities where I'm like, I don't care what you're doing. Yeah. And I, I am, but he's one that I'm like, yes. Yeah. He seems grounded and he's, he just seems awesome. Because, because he posts all the time. Like he posts in non pandemic times too. (laughs) Right. Right. You know, it's not just kind of like, Oh, now I can't, you know, I can't do the thing that I usually do. So I'm doesn't seem like just a need to be seen. And I like, if I have one more super wealthy millionaire celebrity, tell me that this is a time to reconnect or this is a time to look at like, fuck off, you know? Yeah. Gwyneth, you know, my, my love of Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. And how she was just like, it's time to write that novel or reconnect or what I'm like, mm-hmm. fuck you. Yeah. Gwyneth Paltrow. Must be nice. Fuck you right to hell. To not, yeah. You don't ever have to worry about losing work. You know, I fuck Never. All that shit. It's just like, shut up. Go sell your vagina candle to idiots. (laughs) Give a fuck. And quite frankly, if somebody's stupid enough to buy a vagina candle, then they deserve to... You know how much that bit that candle costs? I can't even fathom a guess. Like it doesn't like even seventy five dollars. <laughs> for a fucking candle that smells apparently like Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina. What? I I'm not gonna do that. Just go to the Marshalls. You can go to the Marshalls and get a nice candle for four ninety nine. I don't. You know. <laughs> I was gonna say please, something horrible. Say it. Please say it. Please say it. Please say, say it. Like, 
you know, maybe if it was old school Paltrow and it just smelled like Brad Pitt's dick, I would get it. Uh, <laughs> or Ben Affleck or whoever the... Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, my God. I'm so glad you said that. Because that, I would pay $75. I don't even, can't even remember who she was with. But you know what I'm saying. I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly um, what you mean. So we're tearing tacos. We're tearing tacos. Welcome back, everybody. Woo. What, have, have you eaten tacos? Um, I had a, I had a burrito the other day, which was very, it was good. I mean, it was good. Um, yeah. That counts. I needed um, it. Had Aspen made queso, like old school, like Rattel. Rattel. It was fucking yeah. delicious. Yeah. Well, you know, if there's one thing that these times have reminded us of is that you sometimes don't need like all the fancy stuff, you know? Right. Like, I mean, no, I'm not going to say I don't like Torchy's queso. Torchy's queso sure. is probably like some of the best queso I've ever had in my life. But Sometimes Rotel and Velveeta. Yeah. And that it was, it just, I don't know. It's like such a nostalgic thing. Yeah. It was, so that was really great. Um, mm-hmm. That's what I did talk to my friends who they've been hitting the, uh, I guess, curbside pickup. They've been doing tacos y mas a lot. Oh yeah. So I've thought about like, all right, maybe I just need to make that trek. Yeah. I feel like we need to do it. You do want- one and I'll do one. All right. Yeah. I don't want these places to go out of business. Yeah. Oh, hell no. No. It seems to me, though, that these are the places that are not going to go out of business because these are the places that are like, who was it? Somebody in, somebody was saying that, oh, Jeremy Escobar, who is like our friend Jeremy, who is a state manager and a stagehand here in Dallas, um, also makes incredible salsa and tamales. Mm-hmm. And he, that's what he's been doing. He's been, you know. Yeah, like delivering American stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but he says that he didn't. He doesn't want to compete with the lady on his street that straight up, like, goes down the street in her car screaming tamales. <laughs> <laughs> People come out and buy them out of the car. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I, I just feel like like the, the mom and pop taco uh I don't know, businesses are the ones that are, are like the, the scrappy businesses. Yeah. Right? They've been working and they know what it, what it's like to work under these kinds of conditions. Yeah. And it's still quick and easy and all those yeah. and cheap and all those things. So, yeah. But um, I don't know if you're out there and you're, I don't know. I know some people don't want to go get food. I get that. But I, if you are getting food, hit up one of these taco places, you know? Yeah, man. And they're they're delicious and they're inexpensive and they're fast and you will be helping local people. Yeah, exactly. Um, the fucking corporations will be fine. Go help the yeah. locals, damn it. Yeah. Um, cool. So, what are we talking about this week? We're talking about the olds, right? The olds. <laughs> the olds, which is partly also why I'm wearing my it's my, long, my long gray wig. Yeah. Um, so we watched uh, the taking of 2014's The Taking of Deborah Logan, right? Oh, it's been that long? It's yeah, I didn't realize long. it was that old. I wonder if it was one of those things like it got made in 14 and maybe took a while to get distributed. Oh, not, yeah. I'm not sure. I also didn't know it's directed by Adam Robitel. He directed Escape Room. Oh, really? Yeah. 
that one. Yeah, I and I I enjoyed that. And he also did the last Insidious movie, Insidious: The Last Key. That series has gone off the rails. Yeah, but like I feel yeah. like this. I guess Deborah Logan put him on the map, and he's kind of gotten bigger horror movies. I feel a little guilty because I'm the person that kept telling you, we got to watch Deborah Logan. We got to do Deborah Logan because I had seen it, I guess, maybe a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. And I remember, I remember liking it, I think, or I remember, like, I remember finding one of the final images in the movie terrifying. Yeah. I, I actually think it's a really interesting movie to talk about because I think uh-huh. there are some really effective moments. I think there's really great potential at the beginning, but right. I also felt like it just like fell apart in the in the middle. I think so too. And you know, when I was watching it again yesterday, in the middle of it, I think I texted you and I was like, please don't hate me. <laughs> please well, don't hate me. Because it, you know, it is it is a found footage or kind of a found footage. Yeah, right? it's, it's like a documentary style. Uh-huh, documentary style, which ought to be different than a found footage, don't you think? Yeah, and it's it's funny. It, it uh, one thing I thought it did, and I kind of wrote this down was like it actually takes it takes like the documentary style of say you know there's a lot of documentary style horror, but then it right. also has like the I would say Blair Witch is its is its the classic classic, um, and then it also takes the kind of like CCTV, like the closed circuit television aspects of Paranormal Activity, mm-hmm. which to me is like the offshoot of Blair Witch, right? And so it kind of combines those, and then has like found news footage. So it's like all of those little we're making a movie, but not. <laughs> But we're not making a movie. Okay, so first I want to say that I feel like it's well acted. Yeah, and the I mean, at least the woman who who plays Deborah Logan, Mm -hmm. um, it's a good actress. Yeah. Like, there wasn't a time where I was like, I don't believe her. No, I thought she was great, and I didn't know this. Aspen watched it with me, and she was like, dude, that lady was on, I think, All My Children for, like, a million years. Oh, I didn't know that either. Yeah. I didn't know that either. And the woman who plays her daughter is a – she was on – Anne Ramsey is her name. Yeah, Anne Ramsey. Uh, I can't remember what she was on, but she was like. She's in a lot of stuff. She was in A League of Their Own. She was in Mad About You, like, way back in the day. Right, right, right. These two – these two women are – I mean, they're fucking pros. Yeah. And I thought they were by far the most interesting part of it. The the thing, it's in like, I and I was texting with you and, um, you know, I'm not necessarily a huge fan of that style, but when it works, I actually really like it. Like, I love The Last Exorcism. I know. That's what I was going to, I was going to ask you because it, it got to a point for me and, you know, Michael, we've made a movie. We have indeed made a movie. And, and so part of me, as I was watching this movie, I felt like, did they just get lazy? Like, was it just kind of like, oh, you couldn't afford a DP? Right. And so I guess, um, or, so, so it starts, it's, it's a, a woman, young-ish woman. Right? I mean, she's young. She's like in her 20s or something. Yeah. She's Work- doing her dissertation. Yes. And she's working on a thesis project right. about Alzheimer's. Uh-huh. 
Deborah Logan, who is the older woman, seems like she's in her 70s, would be my Yeah. Mm-hmm. Late 60s, early 70s. Um, she is obviously dealing with Alzheimer's, so they think. Um, the family is running out of money. They have uh-huh. a kind of beautiful old house in the middle of nowhere, of course. Perfect. They, they can't afford the house. Right. The daughter is kind of the sole caretaker. And this documentary thesis project, the university says, will cover... So we'll pay you. Yeah. And so they need, you know, and we talk, it's like the thing we talk about a lot, like, you know, desperation leads to poor decisions. Right. So they invite this, this documentary crew and this girl, this woman who's working on her thesis into the home to ostensibly study the effects of Alzheimer's. Right. Which... Great premise. Absolutely. And I thought those early scenes actually, this. so this is my problem a lot of times with this style and why I don't like Blair Witch nearly as much as a lot of people. Those early scenes seemed written and crafted, um, which is like why I think Last Exorcist works. That shit Mm -hmm. is written. It's just shot like a documentary. But about halfway or midway through this, we go into the, we don't have a script. And people are just running around and there's no dialogue. Right. And to me, and if you go back to Blair Witch, the the default of actors, and I'm not even blaming them. This shouldn't be their job. The default of actors who don't have dialogue in a horror movie seems to be to run around and yell fuck and call out each other's names over and over. So like- there's a scene where it's just like, fuck, Sarah, Sarah, fuck, fuck, Sarah. And I'm just like, oh my God. And then everyone right. yells over each other. Right about where we got, that's right about where we got to the point where the neighbor, Harris, there's also a neighbor, a neighbor character who's the same age as Deborah Logan. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of like her friend and takes care of her. Yeah. Um, when he loses it and, and shows up with a shotgun, remember? Yeah. And starts shooting up the place um that for me and 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 everybody in the house started running around yelling fuck yeah that for me that's when i texted you and said oh maybe they just didn't want to hire a dp yeah and so you're you're right because it goes into like you don't yeah you have them yelling fuck but then also like okay here we are in the 19th flashlight shot right and that's to me ceases to be interesting or scary. And actually I thought the first, uh, there were a couple moments at, towards the beginning that fucking worked. Yeah. The thing with her neck that uh-huh. comes out of nowhere, I legit was like, Oh shit. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I, the, the thing, the part at one of the, the scenes at the very top where he's, he's filming her and she's like way from far away. She's mm-hmm. gardening. Yes. And then she turns the camera away and turns the camera back and suddenly she's right there. That worked really well. Yeah. And so I think part of my issue is when you lose, to me, a solid script, unless, again, and you and I have talked about this, unless you have like Catherine O'Hara and these right. like world-class improvisers. Right. Even really talented actors, that's not they're necessarily the thing they're good at, right? Yeah. Um, and so you don't only, you lose dialogue and you get yelling and all that, but to me, losing dialogue and losing the visual, st- like cinematography, like you're talking about, 
you then have no like thematic connection. And, and there's and there's no point of view. Like right. I'm sorry, but like shaky camera with <laughs> flashlight, that is not a point of view. Right. That's like, I get it. You get already it. set up at the beginning that you're shooting a documentary, mm -hmm. that this is going to be a lot of like, hey, I'm being followed around by a camera guy. Right. I get that. Like, you, that no longer is a perspective anymore. Right. And it's, it's a thing that you, you can't, to me, can't hold for 90 minutes or whatever. It's not interesting enough. Right. It's a thing maybe you can use. And so I know I keep going back to it, but I feel like Last Exorcism takes that style. Oh yeah. And and save look, it's a huge budgetary thing, right? And I don't begrudge them that at all. It's fucking expensive to make a movie. Yeah. Uh, but Last Exorcism still makes a movie. Right. Like, like they save, they really save like all that shaky camera in the dark stuff for the end of the movie. Yeah. Everything and before that is still very much we're making this a movie. And yeah. I care about this guy because he has some sort of arc and I know what he's thinking and feeling and what his relationships are. And we just kind of lose all that, which to me was a shame because I thought Deborah was a really interesting character. And mm -hmm. I thought her daughter, um, I think it's Sarah. Sarah, yeah. Man, for, look, for people who, I think she's, I looked her up, I think she's... Uh, a, some like a li like right around uh, maybe a little older than we are, right? Uh huh. Like this is a real thing. It is a real thing. Um, and I like, thought sh she handled like that. The this is my mom, but I'm also terrified of her, and I can't do this because I'm exhausted. And right, these are real right. things, you know. That's what I wanted to talk about. So it's like ap apart from the style, and apart from kind of like the the format of the documentary slash found footage stuff that doesn't quite work all the way through the, the, the premise of it and the idea I kept thinking the whole time this you know and we'll get into the supernatural stuff in a little bit but a lot of this may be actually what it feels like to have a a parent who's going through something like this, right? right, right. That is just like a, a complete mystery and, and they're acting strange and they're doing strange things and you have no idea what is happening inside their brain and they can't tell you so you can't help them, right? right? It must feel at times like your family member is possessed it, or... Yeah, you know what I mean exactly. And I and I had, was when I was like taking notes and stuff. Um, I was like, man, there is in this story, in this theme, in these things, there is a great horror movie to be mined, and and I think a tragic and probably heartbreaking horror movie. Um, right. Because yeah, it is this idea that that like you said, the they don't they're not themselves. Um, and sometimes they don't recognize you and, and those are real things. And, and I, I thought that could have, I don't know, it could have been something really fucking good. Right. Like, okay, so do just, you think, yeah, I'm going to ask you. So do you think that, okay, so there's a supernatural element to this, you know, that the, 
we're dealing with Alzheimer's and she does have Alzheimer's, but then we realize that something else is taking over yeah. because of the Alzheimer's, you right. know? And I, I do feel like that connection kind of worked, you know, when they yeah. bring in the anthropologist and the anthropologist says, yeah, this type of, of stuff works on people who children and older people right. are, you know, older people who may be experiencing this kind of disease or children who don't, their brains are not fully developed yet or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so I'm like, okay, yeah. yeah that, they're that, more susceptible. Sure. That's fine. That totally works. So it's the, the Alzheimer's and then this kind of like crazy ancient demon curse. Right. Connected to a serial killer from the past. Right. And I was like, okay, there's a lot going on. <laughs> I know. So I was like, all right. All right, I buy it. I'm gonna buy it. Mm -hmm. You, as a writer, do you feel like we needed that supernatural stuff, or do you feel like the fact that we already don't know a lot about how our brain works? Yeah, like that, and that in itself is terrifying to me. Yeah, like, I, to, I to think about what can happen to you. Do you feel like we needed that element or do you feel that it, and now we're talking about a totally different horror movie, I guess, but you know what I'm asking? I find the horror movie you're talking about more interesting than the one I watched, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, and I, I get it. The demon thing is, Hey, it's a thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> like we know it's sure. a thing. Um, but to me that how much more interesting would it be? that yeah it's just the thing we don't we don't understand we don't kind of like like session nine right right where what is it I, who the fuck knows who the fuck um, knows what yeah and i i thought this one sort of got away from itself beyond the style and all that but i thought it got away from itself when we went from okay ancient demon that needs a sacrifice of virgins right and, he used to use this French Canadian killer who Deborah knew. And I was like, this is a lot, man. This is a lot. It's a lot. So what happens is what had happened was. What happened was. <laughs> I feel like, you know, what had happened was that the mother lost her husband when she was young. Mm -hmm. They, she, she created a business of like back in the day when you needed like a switchboard operator, uh -huh. she was like, I'm going to become a switchboard operator for my town and I'm going to be the messaging service for doctors and whatever, whatever. Yeah. And then there at the, at that time there was, they discovered that there was a pediatrician in the town who was Desjardins or Desjardins or whatever yeah. from Quebec those and damn Quebecois. Those Canadians <laughs> who got involved with some like weird pagan Ouroboros cult. Yeah. And they do the like thing that is honestly has started to drive me fucking crazy, Christy. Mm -hmm. When they just like, here's two lines and they're just going to, well, Native Americans. Oh, like, I know. Oh, God damn it. Can I we, know. Can we fucking leave these people alone? Can we just leave the Native Americans alone? <laughs> it that really did bother me. Yeah. Yeah. I found like, oh, okay. So that's just how we're going to justify <laughs> this weird 
legend. Right, right. It's it's blame it on the Native American. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, they get. I'm sorry, I cut you off. They get involved no, in this like, Ouroboros cult. Right. That involves. They called it something else, but it's Ouroboros. Yes. Um, and he was this close to completing the five virgin murders sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. And then he got killed. Yeah. <laughs> he was murdered. He was murdered. And um, it, it turns out that Deborah Logan had something to do was with involved his involved, and, and now he's sort of come back in the form of this. Yeah, there was, it just got very convoluted. It got very convoluted. And I feel like it didn't need it because there was some imagery in that film that was just crazy. Like the moments, like some of the moments of her just wandering around Uh the house. Yeah. Terrifying. Terrifying. The the gardening stuff. The, I also thought the, the, Man, there were like a couple moments, but I thought the switchboard was tragically underused. Oh, yeah. Because I was like, oh, that's such a clever device. Yeah. Which was a real thing. Right. Not something maybe we think about a lot, but like, and I liked the idea that like she had, her husband had died early. So she had had to raise the kid on her own. And like this sets up like, oh man, Deborah was a fucking go-getter and like doing the thing to raise her daughter. Right. Like, that's a nice she relationship. She knew secrets. Yeah, she knew the town secrets, of course, because she got all these calls. And I just thought like, what an interesting device that kind of got used for one thing that's basically just a ripoff of the tape recording in The Exorcist. Right. You know? Oh, exactly. Um, yeah, they could have used it more. Instead of Greek backwards or whatever, English backwards, it's French, you know? Right. And I just thought like, oh, this could have been way cooler because it's not something that I've seen a lot in movies. Right. Um, right. Uh, but there was that image. There is that image at the end where they follow her into the cave. Uh-huh. And she's taken. So so finally, Deborah has to be hospitalized because it's gotten so terrible. That should have happened earlier. She takes off her own skin. She's like got scales on her back. That's the other thing that she me that was like, why isn't this woman in a place where there? That was one thing in the story that I did find kind of like these fucking people don't give a shit about Deborah Logan. They don't care about this woman at all, including her daughter. Including her daughter. There were several sequences where I was like, really? Because so there's that one sequence where she does go up into the attic and they finally discover her like naked at the switchboard. Right. And they're already behaving. It's too early in the film for them to think that there's anything supernatural. Yeah. Too early. But they're all behaving like, oh, this is scary. Like, what's going to happen behind this door? Right. Whereas if you were really dealing with somebody who was ill, it would just be like, mom, come on. Yeah. Get out of the closet. I have to get my my 70-year-old mother out of the closet, who, if I don't assume there is something supernatural, I can easily, like, I'm much stronger then. Right. It's like, mom, (laughs) just come out. You're yeah. going to hurt yourself in the closet. Yeah, I was just like, at one point I was like, okay, why? Yeah. What is wrong with these fucking people? They don't care about the city. Also universal health care now, y'all. Jesus Christ. Right. 
Exactly. Please, please. There's no need for this documentary crew to be following an Alzheimer's patient. Let this woman into a facility. Also, there was one, the one, the one character, what was his name? Gavin? Oh, yeah, I think it is. Because they needed a Catholic. (laughs) They needed a Catholic to make all of this believable. And the Catholic is the first one to bail. Yeah, dude, he leaves his cross. It's like, I'm fucking out. It's also like, it was too early. It was Mm -hmm. too early for them to think there was anything supernatural happening. Yeah. But the Catholic knew. Yeah, he was like, Catholic was like, I'm gonna put my cross on the window. And they did the thing where they go to the priest, and the priest has to tell us that exorcisms aren't normal anymore. And right. We get all all of those little things. Yeah, right. But that guy Gavin was an asshole to begin with. Terrible. And then he's like demanding more money. Yeah, these people are terrible. Yeah, he was I was like. Her thesis seems tenuous at best. Right. <laughs> and, if, 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 and if you're doing this, you should at least have interviewed your crew <laughs> for sensitivity. Yeah. Purposes, right. Yeah. Or told them, hey, we're going to be dealing with a sick woman. Don't get frustrated or angry at her. Yeah. Because she forgets things. Right. Asshole. He has a, t- right? he has a fucking debilitating d- d- disease. Right. And he just seemed like an asshole. asshole. He just totally. seemed like he didn't care that she forgot things. And I was like, right. you guy. Like, you're, why are you yelling at this lady? Um, yeah. I, why are you pushing your iPhone in her face? Yeah. She's a little, even, even if she weren't sick, she's still a little old lady, man. Don't be a dick. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> Man, that 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 guy pissed me off, and I was like, "Man, he bailed." I wanted him to get it. Yeah, me too. And um, yeah, and I anyway, thought, I got off track. No, it's great. She, but- she she gets hospitalized, and so then she has to complete the sacrifice. Yes, for whatever reason. Uh huh. And then she steals a child from the pediatric ward. Right. And takes which I don't know how she's able to get out of the hospital. But anyway, she takes the child to the Native American cave. Got to. Got to go to the Native <laughs> that's American where you gotta, cave. That's where you got to complete the ritual. Yeah, come on. <laughs> um, and she's like hiding behind this crazy stalagmite or something. <laughs> it's still, which one is the one that goes up? It's a stalagmite. Stalagmite goes up. Tight goes down. Yeah, You're right. Okay. You got it. Stalagmite. <laughs> and the the daughter comes around the 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 corner and she's fucking trying to eat the little girl like a snake yeah and i thought that was again you know a good use of whatever cuz the most of the effects are simple throughout and some are really effective yeah. I, I i truly believe that but this was like the hey if we're going to go there yeah we're going to save it for this and i thought they pulled that off Right. And I, I just wish, even if they had kept the plot as they had it, if they hadn't taken our rewrite suggestions, um, <laughs> I just wish it had gotten there cleaner and more effectively. Because by the time we got there, I kind of stopped caring about yeah. Deborah or, or the daughter. And I thought right. that was like, that could have been a really strong relationship, a really interesting story. And I thought that's where they... They got away. Um, right. And I keep, I know I, 
I'm I'm feeding a fed horse or whatever. <laughs> but uh, I I think the 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 effectiveness of the last exorcism, which is again styled a lot like this, is that you really actually give a shit about the girl and about the the preacher who is having the you know crisis of faith. Right. Fully formed characters, and I I care about them. Right. And it's like, you never, you know, I, I get that the daughter is desperate to save the house, like I do. But after that, you never quite learn anything about the daughter. Well, maybe a little bit, but that, that, that justifies her not stopping this, you know, when it gets, when it starts to get out of hand, like you never, you, you know, you learn that that the, that the mother sent her away to boarding school because she caught her kissing someone in the garage right. or something like that. Because she was gay, essentially. Because she was gay. Yeah. Um, but that, to me, that's not enough to go, I'm going to continue to let my mother suffer through this documentary process. Yeah. Even the old man neighbor is like, yeah, even the old man neighbor is like, hey, maybe cut the filming out. <laughs> You get the filming. I'll help you. Oh, yeah. the, the neighbor says, I will sell a tractor. Yeah, I will. And give you the money. And give you the money. Stop filming. Mm-hmm. And the daughter doesn't. And it seems like I, I just stopped caring about the daughter for that reason. Yeah, which is, I, I think, a shame. Because to me, that should have been. the. the yeah. She actually, to me, should have been the one taking us through this story. Right. Um. Right. You know, she should be our way in. And because the documentary film crew, like you said, the the dude is an asshole. The girl whose thesis it is, is we don't don't know. know, We don't know her. So we don't care. Yeah. She's she's it's like, oh, we needed young people in the movie. Yeah. And we you know, that camera guy is Hispanic. His name's Luis. Right. We don't really know. Like the only thing we learn from Luis and the only thing that he says later in the film that it kind of like talks to what you and I are talking about right now is when they make him go up attic first and you overhear him go fucking white people yeah. in their attic or something yeah. like that. But that's all we that's all we know. Yes. About him. And, and um, yeah, and that that's really it. And we don't we don't know much about the, the even the girl making the we know she lied to get right. she said that her dad had died of Alzheimer's or something. And that was the lie. Right. right. Um, but yeah, well, they're, they're all trash people. They're trash people. They're all and, garbage people. And uh, yeah. And I it's it's yeah, I just there was potential there. There are moments there. But it to me. Right. False. False. So, which leads me to to my second question. Okay. Uh, or to to my first question. I don't know. Have I asked any questions? Uh, Which leads me to this question. This question. Um, are there movies? Do you think? And I have an answer that are um, senior citizen centered horror movies that do work. Do that are senior citizen senior citizen centered horror movies that do work. Yeah, like. Yeah, like old people horror. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there are. Uh, I what mean, old, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, what is one of yours, and then maybe it'll spark something. Well, I think I started thinking a lot about it last night, and I found a top ten list. Okay, that I want to ask you about in a little bit. But I started to think about other ones, and so there's another movie called Visit, 
that I had forgotten about. Yes. And it's M. Night Shyamalan. Mm -hmm. And I, I went to, so I started watching it again and I was like, this is the same thing, mm -hmm. except with teenagers. It's the same format. And I remember it not scaring me. And I was like, right. there's got to be something. And then it hit me. And I, I thought about Guillermo del Toro's Cronos. Fuck yeah. His first, I don't think it was his first film, but it was his first film that like hit it big, that kind but, of like crossed. I think, I think it was his first that crossed in over here. Right. And yeah. Kronos is in the style of Guillermo del Toro. It's like a beautiful fairy tale kind mm -hmm. of about an older man who owns a, an antique. He's an antique dealer. Right. And he comes across an ancient Egyptian scarab that he discovers will help him or enable him to like be immortal. Right. The only catch is that the the scarab makes him crave blood. Yeah. Right. So it's a movie about vampirism, right? But but in through the lens of Del Toro. <laughs> through the lens of Del Toro and And it's not a glamorous vampire mm -mm. because it's an old man who is afraid of dying. Yeah. And in the movie, we meet this other character played by Ron Perlman, who is like fucking amazing. Yeah. And one of, I, I think Del Toro's muses, you know, yeah, definitely who comes looking for the scarab and, and our main character becomes so obsessed with, with, with maintaining immortality and and not even youth because it doesn't make him younger. No, it just keeps him alive it as is. Alive. Yeah, that he goes as far as to endanger the life I, of his granddaughter. Yeah, I have to hold on one second. I have to break up a cat fight. Hold on. Oh no! Oh my gosh! You disappeared into the red room. Sorry. <laughs> you you kind of just disappeared into the black lodge. <laughs> Oh, shit. Is it crazy? Fiddle was being a dick to Teeny. Yeah, like, I kind of want you to do that again and come out dancing like the little man, <laughs> like the arm. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. This is freaking me out. I'll see you in 25 years. Um, sorry about that. The cats were, yeah, Fiddle's being grumpy old man. Uh -huh. um, to go back to Cronos. He, he has opinions about senior citizen he horse. He's mad that we're talking about the olds. <laughs> Um, Kronos is an incredible movie and deals with the fear of death in a very real way. In a very real way that doesn't need, I mean, the, the gimmick, if you want to call it a gimmick is the scarab and the idea of vampirism, but there's no other thing that kind of, um, disrupts the, the, the main theme of, of getting old and the fear of dying. Yeah. That I is the horror. Right. And that, that, that to me is, is it, it, that is a real thing. Right. And I think so there, there, I'm trying to think like, yeah, the visit, I wasn't a huge fan of. No. Um, um, so do you want me to break out this? Yeah. List? I would love to hear this list. Cause I'm Let like, man, I'm I, I, I hid my phone behind me somewhere and now I can't find it. Oh shit. There it is. Yeah. But I, I think if people really want to go see a good movie about, the horror of, of being getting of life of aging and dying. Cause I had also thought of the hunger, which is also 
a, a movie that involves vampirism, but it's not really about senior citizens because she's young. She wants to maintain youth. Yeah. So it's very different. Okay. So um, I'll go in reverse order. Okay. This the visit. Okay. Which is that one. I don't remember that one being too scary. Yeah, it had some cool moments, but again, it, uh, yeah. Um, and I guess this 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 list is kind of, and it's not necessarily about being old, but like older people in horror movies. Okay. Um, Dr. Arden or Hans Gruber in American Horror Story, that character. Okay. I don't know if you saw, if you saw that one. I did see that one. Um, and it's James Cromwell, Cromwell who plays Hans Gruber. Yeah. And, you know, doing crazy experiments. Um, Gladys Foster in Legion. Did you see that one? Yeah. When little old senior citizen Gladys first walks into the diner, she seems like the most innocent character in 2010's yes. Legion. Uh, it'll all be until she mutters, it'll all be over soon. Yeah. And she starts to rip throats with her teeth. Yeah. It's a cool scene. <laughs> okay. I'll do that one. Roman and Minnie Castavet in yeah. Baby. That's. I hadn't even thought of that one. Yeah. And I think. Well, that's interesting because, again, those are, yeah, I mean, the, the, it's not necessarily about fear of aging and then they seem to have been, they're, they're the ones who have figured it out. Right, exactly. You know? the, the, these older people who are, like, supposed to be your friendly neighbors, right. grandma and grandpa taking care of you are actually dangerous Satanists. Um, Mrs. Ganush and Drag Me to Hell. Okay. Um, love that I movie. It's not about. I love that movie. It's not necessarily about getting older, though. She's no. just a scary old lady. Yeah, which which is a not uncommon thing, right? To have in a horror movie, a scary old lady. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, Deborah Logan is number four on the list. Okay. Uh, Dead Alive. I love that movie, and the mom is a yeah. Yeah. But I don't know if it's about, about aging. Yeah. Uh, the tall man in Phantasm. Okay. Again, they're just, just an old, old dude. So these are just sort of like old people. Yeah. Oh, can't, and the number one is Poltergeist 2, The Other Side. The Reverend Henry is by far the creepiest senior citizen in horror movie <laughs> history. So that, that actually, that, no, that's interesting. So this, I found a quote that actually kind of goes along with that. This, okay. this idea of why we I'm have sorry, this list was a wash. That's okay. I, um, but these this, this segues into this concept of the creepy senior citizen. Uh-huh. Um, so I found a quote on something called bitch media. All right. Oh, I already like it. Uh, but it says, while horror's target audience is young, the genre movies are often dominated by elderly characters, usually elderly women. In a culture obsessed with female youth and beauty, the mm. horror of aging is hardly gender neutral. And I actually thought that was kind of a dead-on quote in that sometimes we're just presented horror as being old when you used to be young and pretty. Which brings me back to The Hunger. Yes. I mean, that is the whole, and The Hunger is Catherine Deneuve, arguably one of the most beautiful women ever in filmdom, yeah, right in the eighties, at the height of her beauty, yeah. But she, I mean, in the eighties, Catherine Deneuve was already like in her late thirties, mm -hmm. early forties. She was, you know, not a young woman, right? 
And the movie is definitely about her trying to desperately maintain her her youth and beauty. Yeah. And how she fucks over her the her companions, right? To, to get that. And so yeah, it's an interesting thing like that that for a I don't know, for a young audience, just the idea of being old is terrifying. Um, which that's I don't know, like and she, this this woman who wrote this article goes on to say, like, it actually leads to, we get a lot of sort of stereotypes with older characters uh-huh. in horror movies, um, especially older women. Um, right. They become the thing to be feared and the thing that has to be sort of put down. Right. Um, even if you look at, like, the nun or the nun in conjuring two or right. these kinds of things, you know, I, I, it's an, it's a strange. Or the witch in, or in, the witch. in conjuring, in the conjuring. Yeah. Right. I mean, in the witch, but also in the conjuring, in the, conjuring. Like the, the, the main horror in that movie is the ghost of the old witch. Yeah, exactly. Right? The old woman that lived out in the forest. In by the forest. Herself. And so it is, I don't know, it, I hadn't really thought about it in terms of how just fearful as a culture we are of, of just even looking older, you know? Right. Right. Uh, And I wonder if it's an American thing because, you know, like, I mean, it's got to be in, uh, in America, like we are youth obsessed to, to the point where, you know, I was looking at Madonna pictures this morning for some reason. Okay. And I looked up pick photos of Madonna because she kind of like appeared in my Instagram feed for some reason. And um, she's, to me, she's hardly recognizable. Right. From the Madonna that we grew up with in the eighties. Yeah. Um, and she, she was beautiful, you know, and she's, I guess still beautiful, but she's so altered. Sure. Her face sure. is so altered. And you know, this country forces women in this industry to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, if you are a Hollywood act- actress, then at some point you you have to make the decision of whether you are going to start getting the facelifts and start getting the Botox. And it starts, you do it younger and younger and younger. There was another thing with Nicole Kidman, like Nicole Kidman... A, a picture of her popped up in her late twenties. And there were all these comments from these women who were like, you haven't aged a bit. And it was like a side by side photo of her yeah. in her twenties and her now. And it's like, Oh, how do you do it? You haven't aged a bit. How are you still so young looking? And I'm like, are you serious? Like, yeah. how does she do it? She has a really great surgeon. Yeah. But she pays she, a shit ton of money too. She pays a shit ton of money to look at least a little bit like she's young because I'm sorry, she doesn't look like the old Nicole Kidman. No, no. And, and, and nor it's, I can't remember. And you might've brought this up on the show or we might've talked about it. I don't even remember the idea that, that it becomes, there was like a casting director, a woman casting director in Hollywood talking about how it has become more and more difficult to cast that age. Yeah. Cause actor, famous people, celebrity actors, actresses in their, in their fifties and sixties do not look 
They don't. Like and that they have to cast British actresses. Right. Because, right. Like there's a whole movement of British actresses who are like, fuck it. I am not getting Botox. I'm not going to get a facelift. So, you know, that's why you have, I mean, put Jane Fonda and Jane, Dame Judi Dench next to each other. Right. right. Maggie Smith and, and Maggie Smith and Dame Judi look their age. Mm-hmm. Jane Fonda. No. Looks like a, a, I don't know. She looks like a mannequin. <laughs> and I know that I, I, it's, it's sacrilege and it's like terrible. If I go online and I go, oh, I hate the way Jane Fonda looks. I will be attacked by people. Of course. Like, don't age shamer. Right. She should be able to do all this stuff. And I'm like, absolutely. She's Jane Fonda. She's, She's Jane Fonda. She can do whatever right. she wants. She can do whatever the fuck she wants. Me personally, I think that this, this need that she has to look young makes her look a little ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's funny. Like, while this is not technically a a horror movie, it's it's sort of a horror comedy, but, like, what's the... um, Oh, fuck. Meryl Streep and the, the... is, was it Goldie Hawn, the Bruce Willis, where he's the doctor and he can make them look Oh, good. Death Becomes Her. Death it becomes is a whole, I mean, it's considered a horror movie. It's okay. a horror like, comedy. Is it Streep? Am I crazy? You know, it's Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn. Goldie and Hawn. Lewis, and yeah. that, I mean, hits on that theme kind of brilliantly. That's perfect. You know? Yeah. Um, and it is funny and it's, it, but, but there are definitely horror, it lives in that world, right? Absolutely. I mean, the lengths to which people will go to to maintain their youth, to not lose relevance right. in the world. Because it's true. You're right. I mean, it's like, I mean, I, I hit 40. When I turned 40, I'm 51. I'm proud to say it. But when I turned 40, something weird happened. I felt more confident, but I became invisible out in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, I became kind of like, I was no longer the woman that walked into a room and people turned to look at me. And that's, that's fine. That's fine. I mean, that is reserved for, and there's a biological imperative for why that happens. Right. I mean, there's a reason why we're supposed to procreate when we're young, because that's when we're at the height of our, like, she has wide hips and large breasts. She (laughs) can have children. Like we, it's all tied to biology. It's all tied to like, that looks good. They can bear a child, right? right? They are youthful and beautiful and, and have good genetic, whatever. There's a reason why you, you, you get older and it's like, you're no longer the person that, that thing, that, that thing, yeah. because you're past that age of doing that. And that's totally fine. But it's really strange in this country, how women turn a certain age. And you, you start to notice that you're, you become invisible. And well, and I think it's so, and it's also, I think coupled with this idea, like you and I talk a lot about, remember the 1970s when middle-aged people could be in horror movies. Right. And we, even in our movie, obviously in our movies, it was such a huge part of it, but in that genre, um, not to say there weren't teen movies forever, but like it, it just is not even. It's barely a, a fucking thing anymore. Yeah, 
It's um, barely. I mean, it's now starting to come back. Maybe oh, yeah, there's a, somewhat. There's a really great little independent movie that I watched a few years ago that I really love called We Are Still Here. Yes. Yeah, um, we watched it together. And, and that yeah. was that was a cool thing about that movie, that it was sort of this throwback to when George C. Scott could be the protagonist Right. You know, well into his, I'm sure, 50s or whatever. Right, Gregory Peck. Gregory Peck and the Omen. Yeah. And, uh, it just, yeah, that it's gone such a different way that even when you see some remakes, it sort of makes them more youthful. It makes them more youthful and sometimes it doesn't work. Right. Or in, in, like what you're saying, it's either the older people in the horror movie become the thing that needs to be feared yeah. or the thing that is to be laughed at. Right. And and instead of just like, this is about these people. Right. And even if you look at something like Quiet Place and neither of them are old. I mean, I think probably Emily Blunt's in her 30s. I don't know. Yeah. So she's Emily Blunt. But even in those roles and like Krasinski, you know, wrote and directed that, mm-hmm. that is very much like, well, her role is the role of mother. Right. She's clearly the lead and it's about her and all that, but like that's her role is to protect her children. Her children. It's not to, I mean, Krasinski's arc in the fucking movie he wrote um, is to (laughs) sacrifice himself for his children, right? Right. So even that's its own weird kind of thing about aging in in the genre. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get it. Like that's most people, a lot of people that age are parents or have younger kids. I, and I, I understand that being something that they want to talk about, but it's like, even that becomes its own weird thing. You right. know? Um, your survival becomes secondary. Your right. story is subjugated by this thing you have to protect. Right. We're, wow. We're all over today. I know. But it is it's interesting to see how the different ways like aging is sort of presented in, in right. horror. I have to say, I mean, as we've been sitting here and talking about it, I, I do feel like in recent memory, at least, Chronos is the best one. Yeah, I I can, I mean, I think we might've brought this up. I, I saw that at the US, what used to be called the USA Film Festival here in Dallas. Right. Um, and I was in high school, I think, when I saw Kronos. I was a senior in high school. Um, yeah, I had barely graduated from college. Okay. I think we talked about maybe we were sitting in the same and audience. And so, and, and he was there and did a Q&A mm-hmm. after Del Toro. And I didn't, didn't know who this man was. Um, and I just remember being fucking blown away by that. Like, that, that's one of those movies when I was in high school that changed the way I thought right. about movies. Right. You know, kind of like when you hear a band for the first time and you're like, oh, wait, music can be this thing. Right. It doesn't right. all have to be the radio stuff. Right. That was, Kronos is one of those movies for me where I was like, yeah. oh, wow. Okay. For <laughs> me. Yeah. Same, same here. It was not, I mean, like you, I always loved horror movies and all that stuff. But for me, that was one of those movies that was like, oh, horror movies are also art. Like they can, yeah. also, they can also be art yeah and also hit upon much deeper 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 uh, i don't know human human things yeah you know? and i think i think to to somehow wrap to bring it back to deborah logan i think those things w- were 
could have been there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, all that Alzheimer, Alzheimer's and those are, can be terrifying things to, I can't imagine going through being yeah. a person, but just yeah. as being someone who has a family member dealing with it and right. It's horrifying and heartbreaking. And, and I thought that this could have gone if it had, right. Have it had made, we're actually going to do something. We, we are going to use horror to comment on culture and society. Right. I wish, of- I wish it had been, I wish it had, it had been about a woman who was aging and also a woman who had, had been a, a go-getter in her yeah. life. Right. Who had, you know, pulled herself up and, and, created a business and taken care of her family in a time when that wasn't necessarily common in a time when it wasn't common and now she's aging and not only is she aging but she has this debilitating disease and what that does to your psyche like i wish that's what the movie had been about yeah and that that you still and that you had the fact you set up that she was a single essentially a single mother because the husband died and now the one child she has is the the only care to, I mean, like all of those things right. are there. and you could still make it fucking scary. Right. Like, I'm not saying we needed, I want, we have to see a movie that's, I don't know. I can't think of a example, but I wasn't saying, I'm not saying it needed to be some kitchen sink drama. It right. could still be a scary fucking horror movie with all of those things in it, you know? Absolutely. I agree. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm at on Deborah Logan. I don't know. Me too. Should 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 people watch it? Uh <laughs> I mean, if you don't watch it, you're not missing anything. Yeah, but also again, it was 90 minutes and I wasn't angry about it. No, it, it didn't wasn't. piss me off. And there and there she's a good actress. Yeah, and there are some really like a a few like, oh shit, yeah. they did that thing. There, yeah, I mean I wasn't wasn't pissed off that I watched it or anything. It wasn't like fucking Dr. Sleep or it too. Oh my God. No. So here's the thing <laughs> here, people, this is what I'm going to tell you. If you want to watch a movie that's found footage slash documentary, mm-hmm. go watch the last exorcism. Yes. And check out our, we did, we did a, uh, a podcast with, with Ian, who right. the great Ian Ferguson, who basically was our our Protestant friend. Right, right. Go she, listen to that podcast. Go watch that movie. Yeah. If you want to watch a movie about the existential horror of of getting old and facing uh-huh. your own mortality, yeah. then go watch Kronos. Kronos. Um, and honestly, you should just go watch Kronos anyway. Yeah, you should. If to me, if for anything else, one, it's a great movie, and and I, I always you've brought this up quite a few times, to go watch a movie from a guy who is now considered a master and is, I mean, fucking a, at the beginning, right, at the beginning of his career, yeah, um, it's it's fascinating to see, like, oh, this is it's all in there, and it's yeah. gonna get, he's it's just only gonna, gonna get, get better, better, and better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I think that's that's uh, cool. Hey, are we? How are we on time? I have one weird thing I wanted to th- bring up. I think we're fine. Okay, so this is unrelated to anything. All right. And I just saw that HBO greenlighted or greenlit, however you say that, a show called The Overlook. 
to be produced it's, by J.J. Abrams's company, Bad uh-huh. Robot, who made Lost. Um, and all it says is it is sh- it is shining. T- it is ten- uh, in the shining universe, I think, is what I read. Is Stephen King involved? Uh, it does not. I just think it's funny because I'm looking at your picture of the overlook hanging behind you. I don't think he is. I think it's more of a, and <clears throat> this is just gathered from the one article I read, more of a Castle Rock thing mm-hmm. where obviously he will have to be credited mm-hmm. as an executive producer or something and paid. Mm-hmm. Because this is his material. Right. But I don't think he's actively involved. Then I am excited. Okay. I I kind of am too. Because it's... The less he's involved, the better. (laughs) The less he's involved, the better. And it just seems like that hotel could be something totally fucking different every week. Absolutely. And if there's an opportunity that we might get to learn about that teddy bear blowjob. Absolutely. (laughs) Because I've been wanting to know about that for years. It is the great unanswered question of our time. What is happening in that room? Right. Is what I want to know. And if you see that movie young enough and you can't even, you, oh. Yeah. I barely, I don't even, like, I guess I kind of knew what a blowjob was when I saw the (laughs) tangentially or something. So seeing that was just like, what is, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was a teenager, so, like, I knew what a blowjob was. But still, it was kind of like, I didn't know what a furry was. So that was like, what is happening? Right. Um, so, yeah, that, that's, that, that's out there. They, that just ha- I just read about that. So I'm, I'm actually kind of excited. and Great. Looking uh, forward to it. And if Abrams' company is doing it, you at least know it will have money behind it. Right. You know. Right. So... Um, cool. cool. Any ideas for next week or we'll figure it out? We'll figure it out. Oh, cool. Yeah. We had talked about maybe talking about quote unquote cursed movies. Oh yeah, that's right. We're supposed to watch, what's the name of that movie? I have it written down, but it's like the latest. Antrim. Antrim. Yes. Which is Antrim. supposedly cursed. And then I just watched this little documentary series on. Um, well, I have to watch that one. That talks right. about poltergeist and the omen and um the exorcist and just this idea of like are these movies cursed they're cursed so, that might right. be- so i'm gonna watch that documentary and i we should watch we should watch antrim yeah definitely all right cool all right y'all hey man um have fun in your home today you too and uh we'll just keep quarantining making it happen Keep quarantining. <laughs> Woohoo! I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. Bye.